everyone and welcome back to the What's Next podcast. I am so delighted to have Judy Russell with me from the Vid Academy with us today. Thank you so much, Judy. I really, really appreciate you coming on. Um, so I suppose we'll go straight into it about the story of you and how, because everyone has seen you on Instagram and on LinkedIn and all that. And you're a very um, professional woman who has this kind of niche market, I suppose, that you really created for yourself. Um, but I suppose it all had to start somewhere. So we'll start with secondary school um, and kind of that fifth sixth year time um what were you looking to do at that stage oh my god like like when i think back to that time like i i just feel i have so much empathy for people mm. especially now going through fifth and sixth year like it was yeah. that was a really hard time for me like i just i remember like my mom and i we sold our house um at the start of the kind of boom and then okay. we couldn't afford to buy a house that we wanted so okay. we were renting an apartment in um south terrace and i was going to hewitt college uh, so it was like kind of a, a private school and i was like like basically we couldn't really afford to have me there i think i got a discount to go there and uh, and I, it just all felt like really strange like i don't know and i was i was only 16 doing my leaving cert as well mm-hmm. and i I remember like I worked so hard. I remember Hewitt really kind of gave me the kick I needed to start studying mm, and I, mm. I really studied so hard. And then I remember I wanted to do commerce. I wanted to do commerce so much. And I think I got 485 in my pre's and I was like, sweet, I'm on the road to commerce. It's all going to be fine. And then my results came in and I got 405 and I was just like, I remember yeah. bawling my eyes out for yeah. a whole week. But you know what? It, that led then to me doing arts and then a master's within the four years that it would have taken me to do the commerce degree. Yes. So, yeah. and then with arts, I got to study loads of different things, not just mm-hmm. business. So yeah. it can't, like in hindsight, which is always 2020. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah, it was great. But at the time, oh, I remember fifth and sixth year being a really tough, time like you know yeah yeah yeah. so when you went into art so like commerce and commerce is so you know it's obviously so business orientated so I suppose going into into art what was your mentality like was it like oh my god like I'm so interested in this or do you like were you like actually let us embrace this and let's see what happens it was like, I remember when they gave us the list of all the, the options yeah. that we could choose. I was like, yeah. oh my God, this is so cool. Like I could do anything, you know? And I remember choosing <laughs> philosophy and going to the first lecture and like, I love philosophy now, but at the time I was sitting in the lecture going, what? It, yeah. was, it went way over my head. <laughs> you so weren't ready for it. <laughs> I wasn't ready at all. No, I was like, but is an apple an apple? Yeah. And I was like, but it is an apple. Whereas now I'm like, is it an apple? But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I did com- yeah I, I did computer it. science instead for wow. a year now only a year okay. and uh, computer science was amazing like I'm far less mm. scared of what's behind the machine after doing one year of just learning a tiny okay. bit now about coding and now I'm yeah. like I, I get I get how it works I don't know how to work it but I get yeah. the structure behind it so yeah, I thought yeah. that was brilliant that's brilliant. So, so you, I suppose you kind of embraced it throughout. And I suppose when you were choosing your subjects um, in that first year, what was the intention of the results? Was there, was there an intention of like, okay, if I do these four and then I'll pick these two and then I'll get here? Because like, that's the process, isn't it? So what was that like for you? I'll tell you now, I never had, I, and I still don't have a strategy. Like my strategy is like, <laughs> try and be as sound as you can yeah. throughout your day and also be able to sustain yourself without having to rely 
on like do you know like I suppose losing a job would have always been like a really scary thought for me mm-hmm. so I think I've diversified my incomes a bit so that if one okay. thing collapses I can rely on another kind of thing okay. but at the time I also think I have two sides to my personality one is super professional Judy who's like business mode and yeah. straightened hair and then the other one is like beach travel Judy who's like I don't mind what happens tomorrow and that one is curly hair so I decided to tap into those two sides of my personality and study economics as the professional okay. side and mm-hmm. sociology as the kind of more like laid back kind of relaxed type. I love it. But, then, but then what I found actually uh, Alison was the two subjects actually conflicted with each other so much that Mm -hmm. my brain almost melted by the end of it like one was the study of money and you know how to get income and kind of you know and then the other was the study of society and so it was like capitalism versus communism and I was just like yeah I don't know where I stand now that's unbelievable and because I actually I I love I did economics in college and I loved it like I literally it was such a surprise to me that I loved it and I'm so off point now but I just have to mention to you because I read this book over lockdown I don't know I don't know who the author was and I was talking to my daughter and it's about economics and it's about that that kind of nearly coming together in it and it was like and I I read the book and it's quite a small book and I was I was nearly like I'm so confused by the end I had no answers <laughs> and I was like because it just that isn't that the world it's like two subjects have two completely different angles of the world and you're trying to decide because it's not black and white or it's not like it's not that anymore it's like and I think that was probably the confusing part for me that you kind of saw as well that like you were starting these two subjects and you felt that they weren't in sync at all but was that lovely because you had like a diverse you were getting two sides of the story was that quite nice I think so and you know what I, I love that you mentioned that book because anytime anyone mentions a book to me I'm like I'm getting it so that yeah, I'll I'm send you a picture after <laughs> do and do you know what I remember this video actually that I watch all the time that just like you know if I'm feeling lost or whatever I always go and watch it and it's um it's by a, a group called Sustainable Man I think they've actually changed their name to Sustainable Human now okay. but it's a new story of the people and I think they took a TED talk and overlaid kind of shots on top of it and put inspirational music behind it and it, it goes into that it's like economics it's the study of monetary I, I, I don't I can't even define I know it is and it's like psychology the study of the mind encased in flesh sociology the study of it and then it's like what what do all of these stories bring together and then then the inspirational music picks up and I can't remember what the answer is but I'm like yeah yeah it's great I love it I love it so that that's just brilliant I have to watch that but I think like so when you were kind of so we'll say the three years of arts right so the three years of arts and you're coming you said you, you don't even now you don't have a strategy which I totally relate with um but I think I think I think with that you were three years done and you said right I'm going to do a master's so like where did that kind of was that always the plan was that the plan that you said actually I might as well because the four years we could do it in four years instead of uh, five 100% I think it was just the fact that like a lot of my friends were doing four-year degrees and stuff mm-hmm. and uh, and I was just like sure why not now I can just go straight on to an economics master's mm-hmm. which like you know sounds really good so yeah, I was yeah, like yeah. why not do it and I really loved studying economics I really yeah. loved learning mm-hmm. about it and I loved the lecturers in um, UCC School of Economics they were brilliant and I found the whole thing fascinating but you know when they're when you're kind of then when you finished and it's like oh these are the kind of jobs that you'd be able to kind of apply for 
by that stage, then I was like, I don't want to do any of those jobs. <laughs> and how did that feel? I don't know, but how did that feel when you came out? Because I always feel like when, when I talk to a lot of people about this, that you've done the four years, it's, it's, isn't it? Your mentality is like the hard work is done, which is such a lie. <laughs> but that is the mentality at the time. It's like, oh my God, I did it. Oh my God, that was the achievement. That was the award I got. And then feeling that, those four years, I'm not saying they were waste, that's not what I'm insinuating, but you felt that the match wasn't there of the interest I had, the interest was there, but in terms of the career path wasn't there. Was that deflating or was it exciting? Well, you know what? It just gave me a good excuse to go traveling because I was yeah. like, you know, like now's the time so yeah. I can kind of figure it out while I'm away. Now, yeah. I did think that like, and you're so right, like you think that once you put all that work into college and stuff like that, that everything else will just unfold and fall mm-hmm. into the place and yeah. nothing has unfolded and <laughs> fell into place. You know, it's all just been like... Oh, it's, I've, and that's why I did this podcast. I felt coming out, I was so lost and so overwhelmed and so confused and I think I, I, I said this in the last uh, podcast I recorded I was like if you're not like becoming a doctor a dentist a teacher a nurse like where it's a solid path after business is really overwhelming I think you know whether it's from economics to marketing to management to accounting I think there's so many options so you traveled and where did you go where, where did you what places did you see uh, well, I went I and I worked like I, that's the thing, right? I okay. I did. I would work in any job like okay. I, I just anything that came up, I would have done. So I went to Australia or sorry, I went to New Zealand first and um, worked in bars, Irish bars, always a, a, a nice, easy one to get into. Yeah. And uh, then we got a, a job managing a hostel and uh, that was really exciting for a full year. So that was a, a wow. nice job. And I felt like I'm management now. I got a manager role. I'm I, I'm sorted. Now the rest of my life is sorted, but not at all. And then I went to Australia and I worked in a kiteboarding school. And then I also <laughs> built stalls for exhibitions in Melbourne Exhibition Centre at night. Brilliant. So I'd turn up with tools and put together all of the stuff that would make wedding exhibitions and stuff like that. It was mad. It was great. I love it. And then I worked in an off-license in Broome and then... I went traveling then through India and I had dreadlocks at the time now and everything. And I was just like, I was just loving life. Everything was great. But like, I also wanted to find my, I wanted to find my thing. And I was Mm -hmm. like, and you know, when you waitress for so long, like, and you know, that's not your thing. Like obviously in America, waitressing is a a big career and stuff like that. But I just felt like, oh God, I'm just going from one to the next. And it's it's not, it's not getting anywhere, you know? So it was in Costa Rica then. I traveled down by bus from Los Angeles through Central America, all the way to Panama and then back up to Costa Rica with about 400 euro left to my name. Um, No Spanish, uh, did a TEFL course thinking that I'd be able to teach somewhere, but nobody would take me no matter what job I applied for. So I was kind of thinking, okay, I'm going to have to go home now. And I wasn't ready to go home. And I was just Mm -hmm. like, oh, so I went into an internet cafe anyway, one rainy Costa Rican tropical summery day. And uh, I was there all day anyway. And I was like, and then I found this job on Craigslist and it was like news spokeswoman required um English is the only thing that you need basically and I was like okay so I was like I'll apply for this one and uh, thinking that it was going I was going to be potentially murdered and uh, would like you know it wasn't a real company it was like something weird 
but it turned out to be a real company and they were an affiliate marketing company that came that were initially based in the states so it was a lot of american people um and then relocated to costa rica and they basically had this huge studio with like green screen cameras lights like everything like ability to go live on youtube nine years ago wow like, and and I thought that this then was in the back of every company. Yeah. And it's only today that other companies are starting to say, okay, Absolutely. we need some kind of production thing in-house. So it was just the most amazing like opportunity. And like, what are the chances, you know? That's of, of, unbelievable. How, so like, how, did, how long were you there for, first of all? How long did you stay there? I stayed there two years. So I, wow. for the whole time I was presenting and writing scripts all about sports and sports betting. So I knew everything <sighs> about the NFL at the time and NHL and like all brilliant. this mad stuff. And, and it was, it was just, it was brilliant. And we got, we got so much opportunity because YouTube was so new, like YouTube marketing that we got like free reign to just make whatever you want. Like, so every That's week we were churning stuff out, like, and it was just so unbelievable. So I suppose that was, did you fall in love with that type of industry then? Was, was that the moment that everything kind of changed for you in terms of, I actually found my passion through just looking for a job like you it was unbelievable how that happened I do you know what though I knew it was my passion because when I was like four years old my parents bought a camcorder and I was okay. obsessed with presenting to camera the whole time okay. I just completely lost confidence wow. that it was something that I could actually do yeah. as a job until mm -hmm. that came it up yeah. and and then I was like oh my god this is something yeah. That, yeah. that I can do now that's you know unbelievable I just think that's unbelievable because I think like you know I, I actually kind of relate to that because when I was younger I was a very good public speaker and I would have done kind of like radio ads and I would have done quite a bit of that stuff and then I went into secondary school and presentations like stopped right because it was all like leaving stuff whatever and then then going into college first year and the fear and god of me about those presentations I literally like I lost my whole confidence and now five years later it's a big part of my job is talking. <laughs> I talk a lot for different things, whether, you know, in, in behalf of brands, whether it's the podcast, whether it's different things I'm doing, that, that, that kind of skill of mine came back. And that might, must be, I, we can't be the only people that have experienced that. I mean, that's just an amazing thing to think about that. There was a skill when you, when you were a child that was kind of hidden in the system, nearly. You know what I mean? Like we, we weren't allowed to express ourselves in, in that sense. And then it kind of comes back in kind of a weird way and you're able to kind of find it again. So I think that's just like amazing to kind of see that, to like, that you found a passion in that again. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, what was it about your stuff, Alison, that made you kind of lose that confidence uh, when you were in college? What was it? I think because I think when I, when I was in school, I think primary school, I was, you know, we were able to express ourselves a bit more, I think. And I think I was, you know, um, I was a good student, but I loved to chat and I loved public speaking and talking to people. And then I remember in fourth year, I moved schools in fourth year um, and secondary school and I was in a new class and there was so many things happening in fourth year. And I was doing like business stuff and I was doing presentations and I was like doing the school bank and I was all back in my confidence. And then fifth year came and I was like, you know, that was totally gone, that creativity element of it. And I think it got hidden. I don't think it's anyone's fault in that, but I just felt it got hidden that I wasn't able to express myself. And then when it came to first year of college, it was like, we're back to the presentations. And I just 
lost all that. And if anyone goes to CAT, which and I'm such a big advocate for CAT, and I think it's brilliant because it's so hands on. But in CAT presentations and marketing is a massive part of the way we learn, and like you, you can't, you you have to get used to them. Which I loved about CAT because by fourth year, I could stand up and talk to anyone. You know what I mean? And I think that that's what happened. I think CAT nearly kind of re enlightened it. And then I kind of felt, well, I can actually use this for my own personal situation, which was the podcast. Um, so kind of, it kind of came back. And I think, I think it was, I just think it's the way it happens. I think isn't that the fifth and sixth year that it, it's so highly the education side of things. And I understand that. But then we lose maybe a bit of talents we had because we don't have time to express it. And I, maybe that happened with you as well, that, you know, and it came back. And it's, I think you appreciate it more then as well, because you then have a niche, like I have a niche, you have a niche because of that. You know what I mean? Like not everyone can do what we do and vice versa. So I think it makes yeah. you who you are. Um, so I think that's what it was, to be honest, Judy. But I think it's that break probably did well because you appreciate it and you find the right time to express it, you know? Um, so with that, then you did two years in, in, in that company. What was the next stage then? So then I was jealous of the boys. It was me and six boys in Costa Rica and they could all work the cameras and move the lights and do all the editing. And I was like, I want to know how to do this stuff too. This is annoying that I can't do it. Like I wanted to know everything about it. So I came back to Ireland and uh, I enrolled in a FOSS course in Tralee. It was um, TV and video production, 12 months. I moved into a mobile home down on Camp Beach near Tralee and had the best year of my life. It was just like, you know, when you're, when you're studying or when, even if you do a workshop on something that you're really into and you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like that for the whole year. Like I was like, go on, give me more, tell me more, tell me everything, you know? And uh, it was just so cool to be able to edit and to be able to you know make the shot look good and understand the mechanics of a camera and stuff and it's just it was it was it was the year that made me really like I'm so glad I did that year what was obviously like you in the states kind of facility I suppose what was the reason of coming all the way back to Ireland to do that like obviously I presume I missed home by then but in terms of a career move why why was Ireland the place to to upskill on that and that's so true because when I when I came back to Ireland, it was a system reset. Like nobody really, I don't think that they took my experience in Costa Rica as valid or maybe okay. it just didn't fit in anywhere. Maybe in Dublin, if I was trying to get into like an RT or a big, bigger production company, maybe it would have worked. But down in Cork, I was like, God, it was that a big waste of time there what I did there am I ever going to be able to work in this like you know yeah, but yeah. the reason I came home is because uh, my car kept breaking down in Costa Rica <laughs> and like I couldn't nothing was going right and I was like I was on my own there and yeah. I had friends at work of course but of course, I, I felt yeah. very kind of alone and I remember the car broke down on the side of the road and one day and I was like I was like, if I break my leg here like I, I don't think I have any medical insurance do I and I was like I just got, for the first time in my life, I got anxious about being so far away and not having any support. And then yeah. I knew it was, okay, time, it was time to turn to around. Yeah. yeah. And you, you say now, when, when did you come back to Ireland? So what year was that, Judy? Oh God, a year. Like I'm the kind of person now when you ask me a year, I'm like 1548. I have no <laughs> idea. It was like 10 years ago, maybe. Okay. So maybe so yeah. when, when I was listening to a few podcasts about, um, I think it's quite similar to what you're talking about, about the arts, right? And about, you know, Ireland and the arts and, and all that. And I think I was listening to a podcast with Chris, Chris Raleigh, actually, from um, Young Offenders, and he was talking about 
that Cork has definitely, I think, seen um, the art is probably a bit more um, appreciated in recent years, maybe, and a bit more, um, how would I say it, that, you know, there, there's, you know, obviously with the young offenders coming in as well, and, you know, there's more room in Cork, maybe 10 years ago, Dublin was the place. Do you, would you agree with that, that maybe if you came back now from Costa Rica, that it, your experience would have been more valid in Cork? Do you think there's a change in that, or is, am I... I don't know. And that's such an interesting question. And I worked on the Young Offenders movie like, as well. So I know Chris. And stuff like, that. and like, you know, like Chris is our, our boss, the writer, director of the Young Offenders, Peter Foote. Like he, I worked with him out straight after that college course that one year. Wow. I went on to edit um, The Fear, which was his hidden camera show. And uh, my best friend, Julie Ryan, was the producer. So they worked together on Brilliant. it. So the fact that Peter and Julie are from Cork, then the Young Offenders ended up being volunteers. So like, it, it's such a small group, yeah. really. Like the, yeah. the whole, like, I suppose, creative industry in Ireland, but or in Cork even especially. But there are loads of people doing things. That, and, you know, it's you, you really have to go and put yourself out there. There yeah. to try and find them as well you know and like I was just lucky that I I knew Peter and Julie but they're and they're not the only group obviously who are making you yeah, know amazing yeah. stuff in Cork and stuff but yeah I think you might be right like you know like I think the Cork Film Festival Indie Cork like there's loads of people that I've met over the years who were really spending an awful lot of their time like voluntarily pushing these mm -hmm. things to get people even first cut film festival down in y'all like they do mm -hmm. so much work to get you know teenagers trained up in in learning how to do video mm -hmm. and you know, and then the courses like UCC is an amazing film studies yeah. course. Mm -hmm. The IT is the media production, St. John's, yeah. you know, so we have a lot of people. Yeah. I think it's just, um, it's, it's just a hard job trying yeah. to make videos. Yeah. You know, yeah. it just, yeah. it, 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 like we see, we're so used to watching TV and videos on screen that it, it just looks like it all comes together so effortlessly and then when you see how it comes together it's like blood sweat tears programs yes. caching yeah. hard drives yeah. dropping like yeah. mental yeah. madness yeah. like yeah. so so that that's really interesting about the young offenders because i think you came out of college and you got this you got the fear first and then i thought yeah. that led to the young offenders gig um that must have been a i suppose a big moment for you in terms of maybe at the time it we, you probably didn't know the success of it would be of what, what it is now. Um, what was that experience like? And just out of, I, I love watching the show. I just think of, especially during this time, I think it's so funny and just joy that we need in, in the world. But in terms of just doing that, did you see it kind of going where it's gone now? Did you see that potential? No. Not at all. Like, you know, I like it's so funny because like I knew obviously that Peter, Julie have amazing potential. Hillary is an actor and yeah. uh, Chris all the actors, Alex, like yeah. every Dom, amazing change, you know, they were like I knew that they had something special going on, but like, mm -hmm. you know, like when you're working on something, I didn't even read the script before day one. Like on yeah. day one you're the yeah. call sheet this is the time you arrive this is who's gonna be here this is what the weather's like and this is the script for today yeah so like we were just going so scene 55 might have been shot in day one then day two scene 153 yeah. like yeah i yeah. really didn't know what the movie was yeah. what, I get what you. the storyline was until about halfway through and then i was yeah. like oh there's just so much to do yeah. you're just like this there get that there la, la. Yeah. so like it, you're, you get kind of taken over by like the, the 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 job really and then I remember then we all went to the Galway Film Festival where it was the first time I'd seen it and it was on a big screen and then yeah. I was like 
oh my god yeah this is yeah. really good yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and it was it was great for cork i mean like for i just think for cork with brain so what was your role on it judy what what, what yeah. was my official title was behind the scenes producer because I still hey. had to work because we like, you know, we were doing it with the kind of contract that where mm -hmm. if the movie makes money in the future, you get paid. Uh, okay, a certain amount. okay, okay. So it wasn't like we were getting paid weekly. So I still had to make corporate videos and stuff um, okay. to keep myself going. So what I would do is a behind the scenes producer, which allowed me to just kind of turn up whenever I wanted to or whenever I could. And which was as often as I possibly could because yeah. it was great on set um, and just take behind the scenes videos and images but like that was the official role I was also like van driver props uh, getter I was like you know lying on the floor with a GoPros yeah. camera B one yeah. day you know like taking Alex home anything <laughs> like yeah. ev there was so little of us that it was just like everyone except for like a few of the people who their roles were, were yeah. defined and yeah. there were the kind of the others of us who just yeah. did everything kind yeah. of. well I think it's lovely to if for, you know if people wanted to go in the industry to kind of see you know how you kind of worked in that environment you know and that you were hands-on and to get into the industry it's all about experiences is it so in terms of after the young offenders did opportunities kind of was, was that a good kind of base for you to kind of move on and say well I've done this and this to help you with future kind of jobs do you know, I don't know where the job came from, from Irish TV, but um, I actually can't remember what that came out of. I think, do you know what actually surprised me, Alison? It was the amount of people who, once they hear that I've worked on The Young Offenders, that that's all that they kind of, they're like, yeah. oh, she worked in The Young Offenders. And like, I was like, I was almost like, but you know, my role wasn't like yeah. big enough there. Yeah. But then that's all people are hanging on to. And I was like, isn't that weird the way people's just perception of something it's like yeah and that's it then and not anything you do after it's kind of a lushy to that yeah exactly yeah yeah exactly. yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that happens to everyone and i think even like you see like celebrities with like films they all talk like i always think i'm a massive fan of friends and i always see interviews of jennifer Aniston can't be talking about friends she's done fantastic films since like do you know what I mean? and i'm thinking like i love friend friends but it must be annoying for that person that you know you want to move on i mean that was 2004 ended and we've gone far past that but i think it's definitely a thing in, in maybe the, the industry itself isn't it that, that that the people do go back on but you've done so much since that you know well, it, it, you know it's brilliant as well I'm delighted that people like even say, oh, she worked in the Oakers. That's great. Know. Know but like, you know, like for, so Irish TV was like my own show, which was like a nationwide for Cork basically. And, you know, I just put blood, sweat and tears into it. Cause it was like my baby. It didn't yeah. do it's yeah. nothing. I could, couldn't even be in the same like page as the Young Avengers in terms of anything, but yeah. it's just like the amount of learnings that I had and the amount of, like responsibility I take on in terms of like we were like our deliverable was a 30 minute magazine show every week with four segments sports mm -hmm. news uh, music and uh, something else and the amount of work that goes into scheduling finding the interviewees going to the event or the place interviewing them and um, coming back downloading all the footage editing all the footage and then like for four different things and editing it together like it oh Alison it was <laughs> just it, like I actually get the heebie-jeebies even thinking about like I, I I couldn't even talk to people like I was just like I am yeah. a work yeah and that's yeah. what yeah. I do yeah. and that was the one that I was expecting to lead somewhere I, that was the okay. one that okay. I thought was gonna be like okay I'll just stick this out for a year I'll really mm. hone in all of my skills and and then it's gonna lead to something and then 
I burned out and I was like, yeah. I have to, I have to leave. So I, I handed in my notice and Irish TV went into liquidation two months later. So there was like loads of us producers in every county in Ireland who just like kind of didn't have a job anymore. And then it led nowhere. There was okay. nothing. Yeah. There was, yeah. there was nothing and how was that? Oh, that must have been very hard to take. Like that must have been like, because I think, you know, I, I work for myself. I know you're working for a company, but it was very much down to yourself in terms of the role. And, and you had to do all aspects of it that it can, you can so easily just be put off something by the workload. Do you know what I mean? And it, it, it can exhaust you and drain you out. And you probably made the right decision at that point for your own mental health and your own well being that you had to like leave. So, that was probably a very tough time for you in that. So how did you like manage and what was like the next step then for you? So I drove to Spain. I had a Love van it. at the time for all my filming equipment. So I packed it up with like a tent and sleeping bag. And oh, I just went, I just filmed my friend's wedding. So that was a project that I brought with me with a hard drive and uh, the laptop. And uh, so I, I got the ferry and drove to France, through France, down into Spain. And then everywhere I'd stop, I'd attach the tent to the back of the van and the tent would be the bedroom and the van would be the office. So I'd be like working away, having a beer out near the beach and then go to bed and start driving driving again the next day and I like again that was my sociology side of my brain that was just like I just need to take off and just like I go walk about for a while you know and, and try and get a figure it all out again yeah didn't figure it out at all in yeah. two months like came back and was like what am I gonna do now like yeah. so I, I had to go back again to the drawing board so like I felt like I had loads of experience and I was like you know really like getting somewhere and then all of a sudden I'm applying for um entry level roles in any company at all yeah. that would take me and i'm yeah. like this sucks you yeah. know yeah, I, <laughs> I, I can just, like, i just think it's such like your story is is fascinating because you've had so many high highs and low lows of it and i think that that must be like it, it must be a, like it's such a fluctuation of it but you must have learned so much about yourself. And I have to look, like I, I, I was saying in the previous interview, I'm doing, someone's going to interview me and my story. And if you listen to that one, you'll hear my fluctuations and that. And I actually think I have to look at it in a positive way. Because if I don't, like, you know, you'll just go mental because it's like, this is so difficult and all whatever. But actually, they do work out for the best. And I do believe that. And I think we'll talk about now kind of, where you are now with this because you you know in terms of so so I suppose go back a second so you you came back from Spain you were yeah. applying for entry roles which I I know probably was and I could feel that that, that was really difficult yeah. so what was the next stage from that then so I got a job in um, UCC Academy so it's a subsidiary of UCC and uh, as a business administrator and it was very scary for me being in such a large organization like even though I had the economics degree I hadn't worked in that kind of professional environment before yeah. so I was like yeah. oh god even every email am I doing the email right what is happening you know <laughs> even, even like I, I, I just I, again I think it was another lo lo loss of confidence again yeah. you know where I was yeah. like oh god but I just turned out I'm still there I'm still there part-time after five years now no and so I started on full-time 
And I can't leave because I just love everyone who I work with. And I get to work on these kind of bigger projects. So yeah. like for myself now in my own business, you know, I do, I do all the training and stuff like that. But within UCC, I get to work on like, you know, like uh, county-wide events and uh, make videos for stuff that's like, Brilliant. you know, like got a bit more yeah. kind of like, hey, this is yeah. like... I, I, yeah, I, I, like I'm, it's five years now, but like, so wow. I became a project manager as well. And, you know, like now I'm able to apply project management to video production. Yeah. And like it, again, hindsight, 20, and as you said, you like, it has to be positive. You have yeah. to look back and see all yeah. the yeah. amazing things that happen. But I just, but then you know what it's like at that time where you're. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's yeah. no, and I, I, I just nothing to kind of, I don't want to kind of, I suppose, misinterpret that, but I think, at the time, it's not great, but on reflection, yeah. that's where it is. So, so just talking about you doing the two jobs. So that kind of goes back to what you said at the start about you kind of having, you know, a different, more than one as a kind of security element of it and also variety element of it. So that's, that's really interesting that you're doing it now. So let's talk about your business because I just think it's fantastic. So can you explain, I suppose, when, I suppose, when did you start the business? So you were in UCC. So how many years into UCC did you start the business? So I think what was it in UCC? Like it, my, my first big, big project in there was was managing a conference, and uh, it was a five hundred person conference over seven days, coming to Cork from loads of different countries and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And like great buzz, you know. It was yeah. like oh god, learned a huge amount doing it, and I was like yeah. this is fab. But I made a vi- like I was still making videos for every yeah. project I was working on, and then I was just like, how did I get into the? I actually, oh, we were making the phones the phones was a big thing so mm-hmm. the producer of the young offenders julie ryan who's still my best friend know her since i was 11 years old went to school wow, together every okay, day. Brilliant. Um, so she was like i have i have an idea to shoot a pilot for rte where everything is shot on phones and it's all zoom conversations between a family in australia um and the daughter in dublin and the other sister it was a brilliant idea and hillary rose was actually the uh actress on it so we shot that on phone and then um what was it? Oh, MojoCon. It's the mobile journalism conference or festival now okay. that was running. And Julie got in touch with them and said, hey, hey, we're just after making a pilot on phones. And they were like, would one of you come and speak at it? And I was like, and she she put me up because I was kind of the technical person. So I got on stage and spoke in front of 500 of them about wow. this, this training business that I already had developed. But I just, I can't remember how... I know the moment it happens. I'm like... missing. Yeah, yeah. so I, already, I was already training but okay. in, in very small doses, like you okay. know, one-to-one stuff yeah. like that. And maybe a few groups or something. But that was when I found that there was a whole community of people out there all doing amazing videos on their phones. And, yeah. you know, like that was another pivotal moment. And then I just kind of went like many all-nighters putting slides together and really trying to pull all of my experience from like, you know, presenting, camera, doing yeah. editing doing producing directing the stuff and like mm-hmm. really trying to borrow from all of those parts and make it as simple as possible for yeah. people to make videos mm-hmm. using their phones and any kind of desktop software that's yeah. affordable and available to them because like mm-hmm. Alison I think my belief is that like you know video production is going to be like making a video is going to be like writing a document 
in, in, in a few years, you know. Like I just think, yeah. but that's what I was going to say to you, even, like I'm working on brands at the moment and obviously, you know, all, most of it now is online due to the circumstance that we're in, in at the moment. And I think video just seems to be like a massive part of that because it's, it's you know, it, it's one thing talking to camera, but to show a product or to show an experience of any sort, the video is where it's at with it, isn't it? And I think it's more valuable because we don't have now where, you know, samples and stores or demonstrations anymore as much. And it's about bringing that online. And it's, I think it's quite difficult for brands at the moment to bring it online. Like I think, and I, and I think it's, it's because you're trying to bring real life into a video and you're trying to bring that experience to that emotion through. So I think, I think you're right. I think the video and I think the way things are going, people want quick, to the point you know I just said documents like are gone because people just don't have the time to look through them to like, get the message and I was doing some sort of training this morning and they were saying like get the message as soon as possible like when you're doing video get the message as soon as possible because people this time span is so small um and I think it's just the visualization of people is massive and obviously we're seeing the kind of the social platforms really taking it to another level with the, you know it's all video at the moment visual audio that's kind of where where we're at with it so have you found that in your business in the last six months that there is an increase in people wanting video? Do you see it or am I just, or do you think oh, maybe it's there? It, like, honestly, since from March to August, I was like, oh my God, I'm going back into Irish TV stress. Not stress. It wasn't, see, it wasn't the same because I was really I get you. enjoying it. I know. But number of hours being worked per week was getting wow. there. Like everyone wanted video or it's just even advice or just yeah. you know like the training the workshops and stuff yeah. like that yeah. like it, it went it exploded and it's it's staying that way august then slowed down because it seemed that everyone was away and then yeah. you know i was like oh my god i'm so happy to get this break <laughs> and god. then and then i was like are they coming back are they yeah. gone yeah. i don't know yeah yeah, yeah. no apps and i and i just think the marketing the video the photo all that kind of work at the moment is 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 quite on demand yeah. It, it really is which is brilliant for us but I think at the same time it's it's I see it like I just think there's a massive for small businesses specifically who again we're in shops we're in different places um and trying to kind of reach through the noise on social media so it, it, it's a really interesting time I think for the industry isn't it I think I can just see like your success going this way because it's just I think you, you found a niche you you've made it easy for people I, and I think that's what I love about people like you that makes industries easy because when you make it so difficult I think you know I, I found a marketing you know the amount of calls you'd get or people on social media you know commenting I'm so stressed on marketing I'm so stressed I'm so overwhelmed I was like no wonder they are like on, on the whole of the whole of lockdown there was different tips and courses and different hacks you can do and people just don't know what's true what's false and I think at the end of the day it's about making it easy especially if you're targeting the smaller businesses who literally just want you to explain to them in real language not the all technical side of it you know so I definitely think it's a really interesting time for that industry so to conclude our interview I would like to ask you to give one tip to students coming out of college now obviously it's a very different time compared to when we came out but it's still the same concept so what one tip would you give them Judy? I'd say go away and do whatever you want to do and not what mm -hmm. you think you should do mm -hmm. like you know like yeah, whatever if you 
you want to go traveling, go traveling. If you want to like do, just do whatever you think is right. Yeah. Because if you do what everyone else is doing, you'll end up doing what everyone else is doing. You know, yeah. if you kind of yeah. go a bit wild with it, like yeah. it, it, it does always pay back. It, it might does. take 10 years to yeah. pay back, but it, but, but it does. Like it always comes absolutely. back. Eventually. Absolutely. Judy, thank you so much. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. I thought it was so informative and hope you did too. Uh, people that are listening and watching on YouTube as well. So thank you very much and chat to you soon.